Welcome to the Shelter Footycast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It is the Southern River Band, the boys from Thornley, getting us rolling into a Thursday edition of the Shelter Footy Cast, live from the Backchat Studios. Mark Redding's in the host chair because Will Schofield's gone interstate, and uh, the Sandover Medal favourite is Hamish Brayshaw as he gets prepared for a final series with East Perth. Hammer, hello, Skeet. How are you? Very good. Going really well. Of course, uh, socials at Shelter Footycast, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au, YouTube Backchat, Shelter Footycast. The playlist is there. We're going to go through our Bottle Mart Ruffie of the Week, which is going to be tough because yep. there's no footy yeah, on the yeah, AFL no this footy. week. But there's AFLW, there's Waffle, there's NRL, you name it. And of course, you can start your footy weekend at Bottle Mart. Grab your shelters where Bottle Mart has you covered. And don't forget, September 22, it's at Shelter. It's Dice playing. Very, very accomplished. I'm not sure if you heard some of their music. Uh, Scully's played it to me. They are outstanding. In fact, there were some suggestions that they could be the the support act to Coldplay, whether, nice. they, whether they wanted to go down that path. Yeah, but obviously, the Southern River boys have said no thanks. That, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> exactly. What a snub. Anyway, mm. Dice are at Shelter, September 22. Get your tickets now at oztix.com.au. So uh, plenty to look forward to with them uh, playing. Uh, that's a long weekend. You're rolling, hoping not yeah. to be available well, I because... I won't be available, hopefully rolling into the grand final two days later. Right, let's jump into our big moments of the weekend and the week. I don't think there's any bigger than what happened at your footy club, the West Coast Eagles, Adam Simpson. Yep. Well, he's contracted until the end of 2025. Five. Yes. But the board has had a sit down, had a chat, and unanimously have said he's the man for the job. For me, it's a very courageous decision given the results that have happened over yep. the past couple of years. Certainly. What's it done to the vibe at the, at the West Coast Eagles? Uh, it's given a little bit of finality, I think, and a bit of a surety to everyone um, with exit interviews and the end of the season wrap-up sort of happening alongside this debate as to whether or not he'll be there or won't be there. Um, a decision for him to stay, I think, has just let everyone sort of rest a little bit easier. And now boys are on off-season. Guys can sort of set themselves forward to next year. The coaches can sort of start planning what things are going to look like because we know who the coach is going to be. Obviously, there'll be some changes underneath that, and it has to be the way. But um, I think the leader of the footy club, you can't, you've got the shoe, he's gone, so there'll be a new captain. To have the coach stay is giving a little bit of assurity to the group, I think. That being said, there seemed to be a groundswell of belief amongst maybe the media, footy fans, that, that Adam Simpson was on borrowed time. Uh, how much do you think the result against, say, the Bulldogs, the better performance against North Melbourne and Essendon, how much did that help his cause? Because at the end of the day, it, it's a results-based business. Yeah, certainly. I think the, well, I think the, the 
earlier part of the season was somewhat excused given the fact that older players were injured and younger guys were sort of getting it, still learned finding their feet. And then in the back half of that year, it became well, they that they became no longer excuses. Players were playing, uh, younger players had experience, and I think when those excuses or when those reasons were starting to wear thin, they started to perform, which obviously you get um, you know you get a bit of belief off the back of that but the games against Essendon where they nearly won the Bulldogs game the the North game there were competitive even the St Kilda game I look back on and they were right in and amongst that so there were games in the back half of this year where although they lost they were able to show enough promise that it's not it wasn't all doom and gloom around the place albeit that you throw in the Fremantle loss and and those sort of things throughout there but I feel like there was enough you could see enough out there that it wasn't you know it wasn't all doom and gloom, and there's some real opportunities. Tim Kelly was flying. Oscar Allen finished fifth in the Coleman in a team that was, you know, bottom of the ladder. And then you get guys. We had they had three rising star noms go over to Melbourne last night for the awards. So Cully, Jimby, and Hewitt, they're going to be really good players. Um, you look across, uh, even like guys like Noah Long are flying along, and Jamie Cripps came back and played good footy. Liam Duggan really stood up this year. So there's been bits and pieces that you can look at and latch onto and say there's there's been enough. But I think the back end of the year, the results weren't as bad with the exception of that Freo game. Okay. Uh, we're going to roll through some of, in fact, the 18 clubs, uh, like a school teacher. We're going to get your decision, whether they get an A, A+, plus, B, sure. C, D, and of course down to F, including our WA clubs very shortly. But let's go back to the start of the season. Yep. And we all make some big statements. We all make some uh, predictions that don't come off. I'll just run through some of Scoey's. Yep. Uh, Geelong to go back to back. He said that, yeah. Fremantle. Top had four, I think he top said. Top four comfortably. Uh, West Coast to play finals. If he didn't, if they yep. didn't, he'd do a nude run uh, around Optus Stadium. So there's just a couple of the, the silly things that Scoey said. Yep. Let's go back and then I think from what what I've heard, yours is a bit closer to the mark. This is Hammer, his pre-season and start of the season predictions. I remember one vividly, but we'll get there. The three predictions for the year in its totality. Premiers? Yep. Melbourne. Brownlow medalist? Christian Petrarca. I think injury... Free, he'll be unstoppable this year. And the wooden spoon, Hawthorne. Oh. Hawthorne's your, your big no. Hawthorne no, but was guess a big what? no, no. But having said that, I think most people at the start of the year thought, and after two rounds, the people saying they wouldn't win a game for the year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Hawthorne was a big. They've, they've turned it around. I mean, I think Christian Petrarca will go close, but won't win it. The other one that I remember saying that got whacked down in here and really, really hounded almost was I said the Giants would make the finals. Did you really? I said GWS will make the finals and I feel like I was almost laughed out of the room by you. You probably were. Yeah. Because I reckon I had them bottom four. Mm, same. I I think I in my original letter I might have had them 14th <laughs> and then you said give me an outlandish <laughs> statement. I said, oh, they'll make finals. It's funny here, remember the, the good things but you forgot yeah, some of forget the shit Yeah, forget all, all the shit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we're about to jump into that but uh, off the back of that, they are our big moments of the week. This is the Shelter Footy Carts with Hammer and Skeet. Okay, last night a lot of awards because we've got no footy to uh, really yep. get our teeth into. Uh, the AFL Rising Star, the All-Australian Awards, the Coaches Association Best Young Player. Let's go through them. Uh, first of all, the Rising Star, Harry Sheasel. Fairly Sign- predictable. Yeah. yeah, that was signed, sealed and delivered. He um, had the most disposals ever by a debutant um, in his first year. I think he starred from the get-go. The first game against North Melbourne, he dropped. He fumbled his first possession. I remember watching it and thinking, oh, geez, he's a, uh, he's a little bit nervous here. And then he went out and had 30-odd. <laughs> he just looked like a star from the get-go. So he'll be a very good player for a long time. But, uh, yeah, no, that was that was no, no so question. He, he finished with 54 votes. Will Ashcroft, who, of course, has done his knee and didn't play the back half of the year, 39 votes in second. Yep. Mitch 
Owens, 33 votes. That's a really good performance from him, given he's yep. come out of nowhere. And Jai Amos from the Dockers in fourth spot with 28 votes. Just quickly on Sheasel, uh, we saw with Hayden Young go from a halfback to, to inside the midfield. Is, is Sheasel someone who's going to develop into that type of player? I would say so eventually. At the moment, he's probably a little bit slight and not and not strong enough to be in there and reads the ball too well to be to be taken off that halfback flank. But I think once they get going and you get guys like him and Wardlaw and Davies Uniac through there, then they'll be then he'll be fine. But at the moment, I think he'll stay at halfback. Okay, AFL Coaches Association best young player, Nick Dacos. Not too many to, uh, yep. to dispute that. And the Coaches Association MVP, Zach Butters. Yeah. Which is a really, oh, I think in terms of players, that that's highly rated. Yeah, that's, that's right up there as well. I mean, the two, the awards last night have two real big ones, obviously, the, um, the, PA and the Coaches Association Award, um, along with the All-Australian. But the the players' one's interesting because, Andrew, I mean, Andrew won it last year, but it's very much you feel the respect of your peers and and you get that sort of uh, adulation from the your, your own peers. But I think the coaches' one stands a little bit different because they vote on it after the game. Mm. They, they everyone, or every coach, both head coaches vote every game for their best player. And to win that, they know, they know more about football than anyone in the game. Um, and the role that you play as opposed yeah. to the touches you get. Yeah, exactly. They're not looking, it's not necessarily an umpire award. If Harris Andrews dominates a full forward, he'll get votes. So it's very much... Or full back. Full back. It's very much who gets the best, you know, who plays the best role and who plays the most dominant game. Mm. And you take that out over a season and to win that award, I, I feel like that one carries a big weight. Does it also have a little bit of a give us a guide towards the Brownlow? Butters by, with 109 votes, Marcus Bonapelli 102, Nick Dacos 99. So, albeit you could flip those those three around in the Brownlow, but it, it might give us a bit of a guide or not? Yeah, it does give you a, a reasonable guide and to be, to be honest, so does the, the PA one, but I, I think the difference there is that every now and again you get a, a a game with an umpire that might see something a little bit differently. The coaches get a different view of it. They're obviously watching, they're up, they're watching the entire game. They can see it for all it's worth, whereas the umps are a lot more around the footy. Um, and then you'll get one, like last year when uh, Pal Pepper had 14 touches and a goal and was the best player on the ground in the umpire's eyes, and that sort of stuff happens. But th- this is a pretty good rough guide. Uh, the AFL Players Association best captain, Marcus Bontempelli. Yep. Uh, most courageous, Zach Butters. That's the players. And also, Marcus Bonampelli wins the MVP from Nick Dacor, Zach Butters, Toby Green, Christian Petrarca. So the main awards there. Off the back of that, the All-Australian side was named. And let's, let's before we just go through that, just so people know who votes on these awards, including the All-Australian, uh, Gillian McLaughlin's a chairperson, Kevin Bartlett. Um, you know, we've got... Uh, Bolton from um, Jude Bolton from Sydney, yep. Nathan Buckley, Kane Corns, Andrew Dillon, Glenn Jakovic, Laura Kane, Cameron Ling, Matthew Pavlich. So there's a lot of footy heads there. Yep. Uh, the All Australian side to be captained by Toby Green. Yep. Outstanding. One, uh, one West Australian based player. It's Caleb Sarong who's on the bench. What did you make of it? And anyone who you think was stiff to to miss out? I mean, they don't play anyone, so it's it's hard to get too emotional about it. Yeah, it is. I think. Caleb Strong was excellent, and it, I'm glad to see him get the reward. Uh, I think Tim Taranto was pretty stiff. I think he had a f- fantastic year. Um, to be honest, though, I'm, I'm, like, I'm pretty, I look across there, and you can't. The thing about the Australian team is there's just so many good players that are there. You can't really debate too hard anyone, I don't think. Dusty, now, Dusty. His name's brought up in the last couple of weeks as a player that the standard is so high that he gets gets maybe harshly judged. Is, is, that, a, a, is that a fair shout, or is he. I mean. He's, is he a forward now or a mid? He, well, I think he's still a forward. I think in the same way Petrarca is now a forward, but that can dominate in the midfield. I think he's still a handful of best players in the comp. Dusty. Yeah. 
So I got no issues with him. Um, just trying to think about who else could have been in there. Taranto was, was Taranto was mine that was a bit stiff. No, I'm happy with Tim English in the ruck. I think that was perfect. That was really good. I'm happy that they picked wingers on the wing. That was a change that hasn't happened in God knows how long. Golden and Dacos on the wing is a. I like that a lot. I guess you've got Charlie Curnow full forward, Taylor Walker centre half forward. Um, Nick Larkey, Nick Larkey on the makes bench. the bench, which I think really good reward for him. Yep. Seventy-one goals in a team that finished the seventeenth. Absolutely, that's a. Um, I mean, I've sung Oscar Allen's praises this year for, for kicking fifty odd in in uh, a West Coast team, but then on you know North Melbourne, not that far behind to go out and kick seventy-one goals is fan- just a phenomenal effort. Not far off the common medal. He's going to be a star with the little service that he had this year to go out and and do that. He's a, such a good one-on-one player. He leads at the ball really well, and he's a Deadly kick on goal. So he's, um, yeah, very, very good reward for effort. Courtesy of Sir Swamp Thing, the fewest career games to collect five All-Australian selections. Tom Stewart, 148 games. I don't reckon he had a... Well, he's talking about a player with a reputation. Did he have as good a year in 2023 as, as others? I'm not sure, but... Uh, he's a gun, but again, um, to, to have five, it's a mighty effort. Yeah, it's an enormous effort. And again, like, he's one of the guys that you look at and think he he had a better year, better year last year. I don't know how many guys were better than him this year, but he he doesn't. Well, he did stand out every other week, but it's. I think they're they're one of the ones you just look at and you sort of you just pencil in. Well, there goes Tom Stewart. We'll just put him there. He had a fantastic year, so I'm not discrediting that. But it's um, I feel like he'd be one of the guys that the selectors, when they're really arguing over who, it's he's already there, so let's just lock him away. Yeah, uh, awards night. It's just <coughs> filling stuff, isn't it? Really, yeah. you know, got the AFLW staying this weekend, and but. But having said that, there's talk in the NRL about following our lead of having a break before the finals because this tonight it's Brisbane Broncos playing Melbourne. Yep. There are 21 players being rested because two reasons. Obviously, the finals come out, but Melbourne are fourth and Brisbane are first. Mm. Brisbane don't want to play Melbourne first up, so they're resting players. Melbourne don't want to win because they want to play yeah. uh, Brisbane. So the, the finals by, although I'd rather have it before the grand final, the, the the players appreciate the break or not? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the only real negative that can, that it can have is on the pl- on the teams that win that are the top four that win and win give gives them too a much little time bit, off a little bit too much time off. But I think for the most part, the players appreciate it. It's a long season. You get to the end of the year and it's you feel good about having that week. So I I don't know. I don't mind it. I like it. Okay, some of the All-Australians, some of the awards that have been handed out over the course of the last 24 hours. You're listening to the Shelter Footy Cast. It's Hammer and Skeet. As promised, in the absence of Scully, we're going to roll through uh, Hammers and my uh, ratings, gradings uh, at the end of uh, the school year, so to speak, for for some of the clubs. And, of course, others have got, uh, you know, we have to bear in mind these could change for eight clubs over the next month or so. But let's start with our WA clubs, um, the teams and the better players and maybe what might transpire over the off-season. Beginning with, of course, West Coast, finished 18th. Um, we know there's going to be changes with player exit meetings happening as we speak. Hammer, um, give us your summation. Well, I mean, it's pretty hard to give them anything higher than sort of your lower grades. It's I, an F. I, yeah, well, I mean, it's got to be an F. I wouldn't give. I won't give them an F, and I'll tell you why. I'll give them what's what's one above an F and E. <laughs> I'll give them an E, and I'll tell you why I'll give them an E. I mean, obviously they finished 18th. I never got an E. I got a lot of S, but not no yeah. E's. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give them an E above an F. Uh, reasons being. One, I'm employed there. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. the reasons being, uh, I don't think... that. Yes, they finished 18th, 
they were predicted they weren't going to finish very well. That's fine for the most yeah. part. Um, I think the way they've finished this year, I would have given them an F up until six weeks ago, but the way they've finished this year, I think, is has ticked them up to an E. They've had they've had three greats that retire, which give opportunities for young players. They've had three, I said before, they've got three young rising stars. They've got a full forward who kicked 50 goals in the worst team in the comp. They've got uh, a guy who, for the most part, I think a lot of football fans were saying they overpaid for and they gave up draft picks, this, that and the other. Um, and he's produced a phenomenal year and he's been fantastic. Tim Kelly's been amazing. I think you've got the, that later to middle tier age bracket, Liam Duggan, Tom Cole, those guys started to come and play really good footy towards the end and you've got the number one draft pick. So there's an E, not an F. Yeah, well, I'm going with F. Sure. Uh, two, two wins. <coughs> and I, I mean, do a little part-time work for the West Coast. So I can Three wins? It. Three wins, yeah. Um, still a wooden spoon, only the second time in the club's history. So, yeah, yeah, I, I so understand if, if that. It's not an F, it's got to be the half-brother to an F, surely. It's an E. <laughs> it's an E. There you go. <laughs> I hope there's not too many of those dropped over the next couple of weeks around footy clubs. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, jump into, let's jump into some of the comings and goings, though, in brief. We know that the three retirees, but what about the possibility? Devin Robertson's been reportedly offered a four-year deal or certainly offered to come to the club. And there's word that Tyler Brockman wants out at Hawthorne. He's out of contract, yep. requesting a trade home. Uh, the Eagles seem to be his likely destination. You're happy to, to put your name next to those two players if they come to the club? Would they be good additions? I feel like they would be. I mean, Dev did a little bit of work uh, in that AIS Academy. I think he did two weeks at the footy club. So he has been around the place. And uh, obviously now with 50,000 plus Instagram followers post shirt rip, he's um, he'd be a really good addition. But wow. I think the thing to be, I mean, I always think this about WA players returning home. Um don't just say, oh, just because he's from WA, he has to come back here. They've got to have some substance about them. They've got to be good players. And I think both of them are, which is good. So uh, I'm not sure where that list management stuff sits, but if they can facilitate a deal and they can get them back, then you need good players around the place and especially homegrown talent that's not going to want to do anything other than stay and play football. So I think they'd be two good additions. Okay. A couple of players, young players coming back. Let's jump our attention to the Fremantle Dockers who were touted by many to finish... Top four yeah. and beyond, and um, yep. if you had them in the top four, then you're not a lone yep. soldier there because uh, most of us had them at least in the top eight. Uh, I want you your marking on that one. And also the, the news breaking over the past 24 hours about Liam Henry, who wants a trade to a Melbourne club. Um, of course, he was picked nine, yep. and off the back of that, what do you think Fremantle will be chasing either in exchange or to replace a player of his value. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I don't. I yeah, they certainly haven't performed Fremantle this year. I'll give them. Uh, I reckon I'm going to give them a D. So hang on, West Coast gets an E for for where they finished last, and yep. you're giving Fremantle a, a D. D. Okay, I feel like Fremantle's expectations were, although they performed better than West yeah. Coast this year, their expectation was higher, so they've still fallen uh, quite a bit. But um, I don't think the Darcy Jackson experiment worked overly well for the most part. There were games where it did, which were great. Same with the, uh, the Grundy-Gorn situation. But I feel like that uh, Darcy played his best footy on his own in the middle and Jackson played his best footy when he was on the, on his own. So that'll be something that they've got to figure out. Um, I think Nat Fife not being there has hurt them. I think the loss of David Mundy has hurt them. Um, when Hayden Young came into the midfield, they obviously found a bit of size and had some go about them. Um, but they just were too streaky this year. They had patches where they were flying. They won, I think, four in a row up to the bye and then beat Melbourne at the MCG and everyone was raving. And they, made, they were in the finals uh, race and then all of a sudden they just capitulated and then they got going late, but too little too late for no avail. So, yeah, I think what was 
a very promising start to the year when they had all the potential. Uh, they've laid a bit of an egg, so a D for me. Okay. Yeah, I'll give them a D as well. And off the back of that, I reckon the first two losses of the season, albeit St Kilda is playing finals, but to lose to North Melbourne yeah. here, you're 0-2, and two, very hard to get back. Yep. On, on in front of the game after that. Yep. I thought their last four or five weeks, though, last month, I think they started to get back some of their identity in the way mm. they play their footy. So I think it's the reasonable momentum heading forward. Um, as for the Liam Henry situation, where uh, you can always make something like this a positive for the club. Yep. What, what, what do you think that they need or will look for in exchange for, for losing him? Well, yeah, it's interesting because I think at the um, the back end of last year, you, you might have you you wouldn't have been out of place to say he was a pick nine that's not really doing much. Absolutely, um, and he has come out and lit the world up this year. He's averaging the, twenty disposals. Yeah, he's come out and he's a, an out and out winger and he's flying. So I think you've got a pick nine value in him, which is good. So I, whether they ask for a maybe a first rounder, first maybe, round he might struggle. Might struggle. Maybe they ask for they try and find a trade where you get someone else in. Um, I'm not sure. I think you could probably you could definitely get a second round pick for him. Um, I don't know whether they'll do that or whether or whether or not they'll try and get a player in. They've put a lot of work in yeah, here. They have because he's he's been at the club since he was a, a teenager. I mean, mm. a, a young teenager and through the academy. So I can understand their angst at him leaving. But Peter Bell will think, okay, yeah. if, if someone does want to be, and same with Sean Darcy, if he came to them in yep. the next. Next month or so. Next month or so, yeah. you know, I, I, you make the best of what you can. I, I think keep Darcy if he wants to stay. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, keep absolutely, him. he's a star. So I, I think that's a, people saying just get just let him go. I, I think if if he wants to stay, you keep him. But uh, Liam Henry is going, so it's a question now of getting the best possible um, mm. trade off the back of that. So D for you, D for me, the yep. Dockers. Unable to play finals, which uh, is, uh, in many respects, an F, given what we expected Correct. last year. Uh, West Coast Fremantle, there are rankings. Uh, let's go, go through the next 16 clubs after this. The Shelter Footycast Thursday edition. This is the bye week before the finals. Uh, let's just roll through these relatively quickly. It's all done alphabetically, but Adelaide could have been... A B, I reckon. But yep. as it turns I'm out, the goalpost the means they're a C. Yep, I'm happy with a C. I, I think they were flying early. Um, I feel like they have a really good, young, talented list. Uh, a lot of excitement. Isaac Rankin's been one of the recruits of the season. Uh, their in- inability to win on the road hurt them. And then they, they just sort of... Stunk it up, didn't they, yeah. away from Adelaide? Yeah. <clears throat> and then they just fizzled out towards the back end. Yeah, I mean... You look back, the Sydney game, they should have won it in yep. terms of the scoreboard, but they trailed by 30 or 40 points at one stage. So, um, But I think there's a lot of promise, a lot of there. promise there. You think yep. of some of the young players coming through and Rochelle and, um, and Pedler and these guys are starting to make a name for themselves. So I think given they didn't play finals, but the Matty Nicks, I think they, they really like him. So we're yep. both going with a C yep. for the Adelaide Crows. And they're a, a side that I think we saw them in the last game against West Coast. They could have won that by anything. They could. Taylor Walker could have kicked 20. Uh, <coughs> he's another one. I think if they can... I don't know how much longer they've got of him being well, he, a, a star he forward. He can't kick 70 again. He can't but, kick 70 again, but he can still play good footy. Mm-hmm. And, and while they can sort of base a forward line around that with the young guys, and um, even guys like Jake Saligo is a, a star, Isaac Rankin's a good player, um, Lockie Murphy's a good player. So they've got lots of young talent around, experienced heads, and so they'll have to make a run at it while they can. Absolutely. And their back line decimated a little bit back into the I think Murray and Duday both uh, injured and a bit of question mark mm. over where some of their defenders are going to play next year. Uh, C for Adelaide, what about the Brisbane Lions? Hard to give them a definitive because they're finishing top two. Obviously, they're a, certainly a B at this point in the time, uh, point in the yeah. season. Yeah, I'll give them a B plus uh, at the moment. I think the, the A rank will 
depend on finals. Uh, I think they're dominant at home. They're the best home team in the comp. Uh, they win away with the exception of the MCG. That's their only real thing, but they don't get to play there a lot. Which they beat is, Melbourne last season in the grand final and the in the final series. Yep, yeah, uh, the only yeah, that's the only thing I think is just going to be where they can go in finals because the last few years they've been there or thereabouts, and the knock on them is that. They can't win big finals, uh, and so you know they had the final series in Brisbane and couldn't get it done. So B plus pending finals. Yep, and the backline, which I thought might have been a bit of an Achilles heel for them, has been really stable. Harris yeah. Andrews obviously is the linchpin on that. Yeah, we'll stick with the B for Brisbane, given uh, what's to come for them: two home finals and possibly a GF yep. in Melbourne. Carlton, now your 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 numbers or your letters would yep. have varied very uh, much yeah. during the course of the Absolutely. year. Absolutely, I had them in an F at the midway point. I thought they were the worst team in the comp, and I was never going to pick them again. And I think since I said that, they went eight in a row. Yeah. Um, so really, uh, a backflip on my part. I think, based on where I thought they were going to be, I think I've got to give them maybe a B or a C plus. I think a B. Mm. They've been, you know, they've completely outdone my expectations. They've had. Really good players play really well, and that's all you need from your team. I think if you've got your leader standing up and playing well and you can have young players under that play, uh, they've had good recruits. Like um, Blake Akers has come in and played a really important role for them. He's been able to play good footy. Jacob Wiedering's obviously playing very well down back. Paddy Cripps is playing well. And then you've got Big Charlie up front kicking goals. So, yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue anything other than a B at this point and then see how they go in finals. Yeah, they get a result for me as B as well because of what they've done in the back half of the year. Harry Mackay, where do you play him? Still a bit of a question mark heading into the finals. Charlie's been enormous up for the Coleman medalist. Mm. And the other guess of Jacob Wittering, a little stiff not to make All-Australian, yes. but, but also maybe uh, pretty happy that he's available given the yeah. altercation yep. with Toby Green. So a B for Carlton playing finals again, which takes us to a C team, Collingwood again. They have been the best team through the, by and large, through the course of the twenty-four rounds. Yeah, yeah, you can't argue anything other than an A. I don't think here. Uh, they've been flying from the very start. They've been very tough to beat. They lost a tight game against Melbourne earlier, and then they sort of just went. They, they almost became unstoppable. The team the last year, I, I sort of said to them, I said at the start of the year that I thought they might be the team to drop out based on the fact that they'd won so many close and games last year that. and you can't replicate it. But the belief that McRae's got in this group, and you hear Darcy Moore talk about it all the time, the fact that they can be 40 points down at the third quarter in the third quarter and say, yeah, it's okay, we're still going to win the game. Um, and that's been on show so many times this year. They've just run over teams late. Uh, they're led very well. They've got exciting young players all over the place. And um, they just seem to have gelled very well as a group. So you can't argue anything other than they, I don't think. No, it's question marks. Can they get their, their best team out for the... the the serious part of the season, Dacos, Nick Dacos, unlikely to play against Melbourne on yep. Thursday week or Thursday, next Thursday. Uh, more coming back from injuries. They've got a couple of injury concerns. Mm. Uh, can they replicate what they did during the home and away season in the final? Scoey's got a question mark over once the pressure comes, whether it will be as, uh, yep. as dynamic, as exciting to watch. But uh, look, evidence shows they're going to be yeah, tough they'll to beat. Yeah, they'll be hard to beat. Oh, I think, so it's interesting because I think Melbourne are going to win the flag and I think Melbourne are going to beat them next week. But I still think they're going to be I mean, it'll be obviously a hard challenge, but then all roads probably for them lead through Brisbane and how do you go over there? And yeah, I think it'll be a hard, it'll be a real test. If I'm wrong about Collingwood and they're they're going to obviously have to prove it this final series, but they'll be they'll be a well-deserved winner if they get there. All we know, they've only won two flags since 1958, Collingwood, and both of those have come uh, in 
dramatic fashion, of course, that following 1990 was when uh, they had Essendon, who had uh, this whole final series was turned on its head because of the draw with the West Coast mm-hmm. Eagles. And then 2010, that draw, draw again. Yep. replay. So nothing comes simple for Collingwood. Even no, 2018 shows that when they got beaten by the Eagles. Yep. Uh, a for them, Essendon, our next club up for discussion. Gee, you had them in the B territory at one yeah, point, Yeah, they were, they were right around there. I think... Uh, I think probably a C for them, maybe. I think the way that I had them pegged for the worst, almost bottom four at the start of the year. I thought they were no good. Uh, and then they really got going and Brad Scott's done amazing things with the group. They had real synergy and they looked like they were up. They had a brand of football as opposed to the last few years where they've, I felt they've just sort of been aimlessly wandering the competition. Um, and then in the back half of the year, they sort of settled down and settled into where I sort of thought they would... Um, where I, where I thought they would go, but I feel like just the way they exceeded expectations early, I'd I'd probably have them as a C for the year. I don't think you can complain with the fact that they you know have sort of outperformed how most people thought they'd go. Yeah, they went terribly in the last month, which uh, mm. I guess leaves a sour taste in Bombers fans' mouth. Yeah, I'm thinking sort of C minus for them. Yeah, uh, not not the worst, but certainly they've got to improve in a couple of aspects. We move yep. to Geelong, the running premiers. So rare that well, not rare, but uh, the fact they've actually missed the finals yep. after winning a flag. Is that just a case of having too many sherbets at the end of last season? Is it the classic premiership hangover? Ah, oh, could be. I mean, they've had some tight games where they've they've lost against good opposition. Um, they didn't miss the finals by much. It was a tight year, but I uh, yeah. I mean, you've still got a fantastic list. You don't you didn't really move many players on last year. Joel Selwood left, and I don't think you had many more go. So it's um I think it is a bit of a case of a premiership hangover, whether or not. That's um, that's in reality, or whether they just lost some tight games and couldn't quite get it done. And yeah, you'd have to give them. Jeez, oh, you'd probably be tough to give them anything better than a C. Yeah, I was thinking C territory. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, it's, yeah, well, they weren't didn't go bottom four, but yeah, they, they, they weren't they, horrible. But you you win the flag and then you miss the eight. That's 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 a fail. That's a fail. Yeah, I think you get a C. We'll get a C. Uh, C for the Cats, and we know that there's uh, they're looking at maybe Bailey Smith coming to the, the group. They're always looking to reinvigorate. With, yeah, with they the do a very players. good job of that. They, they replenish pretty well, so uh, keep it on the Cats. But I reckon there's a bit of work to be done for them uh, for Chris Scott moving forward. Here's an interesting case: uh, Gold Coast on their season, and um, it always seems like we put a. A, a D next to their name year Every in, year. year out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably the same this year, isn't it? They, um, I think they've got, I speak about Brisbane having a really good home ground advantage. I think Gold Coast is starting to get to a point where their home ground advantage is, is giving them a chance to win enough games to then get on the finals run. But it's got to become that they're a, a side that can play away from home now. And I still think they're struggling to do that a little bit. And they've got good leaders around the place. Obviously, now Damien Hardwick's going to do wonders with the club. They've got good players. I just didn't think they, they think they started pretty well. There was the talk that maybe this is the year they break in, but I feel like they just fell away a little bit at the end, and their ability to play away from home hurts them. So I, oh, yeah, I think a D again. Just trying to stop my daughter ringing me during the middle Fair of the podcast, and uh, and people maybe she would agree with the fact that Gold Coast weren't very good. No, nah, she wouldn't even know they exist. Um, <laughs> the Gold Coast Suns. I'm putting them down for yeah. I think we went with D with them. So. Yep. Um, interesting. Damien Harbick suggesting eighty percent of the players in the room when he was announced. Coach will be part of their premiership team. Twenty percent would have to be pretty good. They bring in. <laughs> yeah, they're not that good. Trust me, Dimmer. You might get a bit of a shock at this point. Anyway, are the Giants? Adam Kingsley has to be in the discussion for coach of the year. Coach of the year, they yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, for me, I th- I did say they would play finals at the start of the year, but being realistic, no one thought they would. Um, 
You mentioned that a couple of times already. So yeah, yeah, I have. It's something that I'm hanging my hat on <laughs> and I'm not wearing a hat. Uh, I feel like they can probably get a B at this point of the year. Um, they've had, obviously, they've up, they've outdone expectations again. Here's a team that no one thought would play finals and then have just gone bang and, and done it the hard way. And it was, you know, they obviously, they got a bit lucky with Western Bulldogs losing to, uh, to West Coast, but they were able, they were in the fight, they were there till the end and it came down to the last game of the year and they needed to beat a red-hot Carlton to make it and they did. So I, I don't think you can give them anything lower than a B at this point. Final, uh, finals pending, but Toby Green, All-Australian captain, uh, Sam Taylor, Jack Buckley, a really good dominant um, backline duo. Cornelio was playing really good footy throughout the year and they've just got good players across the ground that are, that are stepping up. So I think a B for them. Yep, I'm giving, well, Sam Taylor, he needs to come back. Although Buckley did a great job on, yep. on Kerno, but Sam Taylor, massive, if he can get back for that first final against the Saints. I'm giving them an A. Yeah, Only, nice. because, I like only because I had them... You know, yeah, down you, the bottom yeah. reaches. You, of course, you. I, I said they were going to make final. That's right, exactly for the forty fourth <laughs> time this morning. Uh, forty four, funnily enough, Jack. Hawthorne, uh, next team up for discussion, and uh, I think most people had them bottom four. Look, they they didn't play finals. Yep. But I'll tell you what, if you if you're buying stocks in a footy club, there's one you can look at. Mm. Yeah, uh, a, a team that you didn't think were going to do anything. Too much young, too much young talent that wasn't ready to sort of steer themselves in any real direction. Uh, I think the way that they'd been playing the last few years was very much Sam Mitchell saying, hey, guys, you've been drafted on talent. Go out and show the talent, which they did. Uh, but I feel like there's a bit more method to the madness now. And uh, they have had opportunities and they've had games where they've really shown that they're going to be a quality side in a few years. Um, Warpool's a, a, he, he's already won a best and fairest there, but he's a good player. John Newcomb's come out and, and dominated. Mitch Lewis is going to be a really good full forward. Uh, Sicily, obviously, All-Australian. So they've got a number of, of talented players that have been able to sort of steer a lot of that younger, yeah, the younger guys into a path that's going to be a successful footy club, I think. Uh, what would have been an F at the start of the year if I had have picked them, though I think they're probably around about a C. You yeah. can see the improvement coming, so... Yeah, I think C, C plus around yeah. that. Hawthorne, no qualms. Sam Mitchell is the man for the job. Uh, yep. Let's move to your club uh, in terms of your premiership pick for this year, Melbourne. Uh, job not done, finished fourth. But what I saw against Sydney was uh, just a little bit of steel when they yep. could have easily just thought, well, if we're playing Collingwood, well, let's just turn up our toes. There's something brewing. Yeah, I think so. They've certainly not had the home and away season that they would have liked I think they've had some they've still finished fourth I feel like they've lost a couple of games that they shouldn't have that GWS game I think of and they were pretty poor in that the Freo game they should have won um, so I think I'd probably give them a B at this point but they're, I think they're getting good at the right time of the year so I feel like they've got the potential I still think they're going to win the, the grand final um, Oliver's back at the right time Fritch is back at the right time he's a star and he'll add a lot to the to that group Lever and May flying down back uh, they've got things working for them. So I think that's – I'd give them a B-plus at the moment. You finish top four, you can't really get below that. Um, and then I think finals pending. Just quickly, Melksham gone for the season by the looks of it, uh, ACL. Does Brodie Grundy get a look <coughs> in between now and grand final day? You think it, the, the mix is not right? Oh, I don't know. He had 36 and kick three or something in the, yeah. in the VFL the other Mind day. Mind you, Tom McDonald also got yeah. amongst it. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's a tough one. You, um, you give yourself an opportunity by playing well at uh, VFL level, but – yeah, I'm not sure how that mix works, whether it works not or w- uh, well or not. Max Gorn's pretty adamant that they can do something with that duo in the back end. But I look at the Melksham thing, and um, Scoey's not here, so I'll speak about him. But when um, when Shep went down, it offered an opportunity for someone to come in and play a really big role in mm. a premiership, and it galvanises the group a little bit, albeit it's disappointing. Um, but I think the same thing will happen with Melksham. Melksham goes down, you open the door for someone. Like James Jordan was sitting on the bench and, 
didn't get subbed into the 2021 grand final. So potentially he gets a look at actually winning a flag as opposed to having a medal here that he didn't play for. So it opens the door for someone to come in and do something special. And I think like Scoey did, that's um, that might be something that can really galvanise that group going forward. There we go. Uh, Melbourne on the path potentially to a flag. North Melbourne down at the bottom end of the table, 17th. Victory over the Gold Coast Suns. Look, they don't get the number one pick, but they get a bit of... Uh, bit of self-belief heading into 2024. I mean, you can't go... If you're giving West Coast an A, we're in D territory. Well, no, I I, th- I feel like <clears throat> I want to give them... I don't like giving teams Fs. I think that's a bit stiff. So I'm going to give North Melbourne an E as well. They lost 20 in a row or something stupid yeah, yeah. like that. Yep, they, okay. were, they won two games early. Great. Good on them. Um, and then they just went into the abyss for months and months and months. And you talking about West Coast or North Melbourne? North Melbourne. Oh, West Coast were relevant still. Um, North Melbourne were just horrible, and it pains me as a uh, as an as an ex North Melbourne fan and still love the Shinboners, yeah. But it was just just like deplorable football to watch. They were hopeless. They were nowhere. They've got some shining lights too, which is why I'm not going to give them an F. Um, Nick Larky's a star. Luke Davies Uniac is a potential Brownlow medalist. Uh, Harry Sheasel is a rising star. George Wardlaw is going to be a good player. Um, uh, yeah, but then I could have given them a D, but to finish without the number one pick when it was there, Nick Larkey obviously goes out and kicks nine, so it gives him a little bit of belief going into next year. But they were shithouse all year. you got to give them an E, I think, without because I'm not an F guy. No, clearly not. Uh, Port Adelaide, uh, actually the quiet achievers when it comes to this year's final series. Finished top four, but I don't know anyone that's tipping them to win the flag, but it has to be has to be in B territory if you finish top four, double chance. Yep, has to be. Uh, went on a run early and, and, got, and got hot and sort of didn't look back from that momentum. They had a little bit of a shaky period where they lost a couple. Uh, they lost a couple by 50 points, I think, or something. So that Left a lot of players out of that one. And then they yeah. went on a bit of a they went on a bit of a, yeah, yeah, they went on a bit of a dip. Uh, costing themselves a home final might have hurt them, but I, I don't think that'll phase them too much. Uh, you can't really go away from B-plus territory here. Butters and Rosie and Horn Francis. Guns. The, the Horn Francis deal has been... Outstanding. It has been outstanding for Port Adelaide. He obviously copped a lot of flack early for going, but has stood up under that pressure and is just going to be a genuine star of the competition. So I really like the look that they've got going there. Jeremy Finlayson was a phenomenal recruit as well. So I think they've done well uh, and you can't really give them anything other than a B plus. No, and they go up to Brisbane with a free hit, really, in sense of yep. uh, not a lot of expectations. Uh, Port Adelaide get Bs all across the board. Uh, the Tigers, Richmond, they farewell a coach. They have a changing of the, the guard. They're looking for a new coach, Andrew McQualter. Has he done enough? And what does Richmond get off the back of... Uh, well, we know they were heading in that southerly <laughs> direction just by virtue of winning flags. And, and even though they try to replenish with Taranto and Hopper, etc., mm. it's it's a feeling of uh, rebuild. Yeah, it is. It's, um, I mean, you can't... I don't think they've been bad enough to give them a D. They haven't been good enough to give them a B. I think they're going to sit. I mean, this is not really an interesting segment because everyone's getting Cs, but I feel like Cs probably where they sit. They've retired a couple of great players. They've moved on their coach. They've had some good young talent come in and play really good football, but they're just, yeah, you feel like... They tried to do the Geelong-style rebuild that might not have worked for them as well as uh, as it does for the Cats on year to year. So they'll have to go again. Um, no Cochin anymore, no uh, Rewalt. So you've got rid of a couple of big stars. And it's all of them. I mean, where does Dusty go next year? Does he go out with Dimmer? Do you lose that? What do you get for him? It'll be interesting to see what happens with them next year. I still think they're a, a really good club that can have enough good players to be aggressive in finals, but uh, yeah, I think they're just sort of sitting around an average C for the year. Yep, can't disagree with you there. St Kilda, uh, our third last team uh, for rankings. Ross Lyon comes to the club. I think I had them bottom four as well. They had no players at the start of the season. They played the most ugly brand of football I've seen for a long time, at times. Yep. 
But you know what? Ross Lyon has done a super job, and they're playing finals. St Kilda fans are saying tick. Yeah, St Kilda fans are saying tick. I'm saying tick. I think it's a uh, it's a phenomenal effort from what uh, they they had like eleven or twelve of their mm. starting eighteen injured at the start of the year, and they went on a pretty hot run and got going early. So I think it's a testament to the way he uh, Ross coaches and the and the belief that he can instill in a group to play good football and good system without necessarily their best players. Um, I think they probably get a B. You've locked yourself in finals. You're playing. A, you, you know, you've given yourself a real chance at at having a crack at it. You have got good players playing at the right time. Um, yeah, they had a patch in the middle of the year where they just sort of dipped, and I thought, oh, here we go. This is sort of this is where I pegged them, and then they, you know, picked it up and kept going. So I feel like they've given themselves a real look at what is going to be a promising finals campaign. But uh, yeah, I think they're a B at the at this point. Yeah, I agree with you there. He's been outstanding, <laughs> Ross, the boss at. Uh Morabin. Uh, Sydney, our second last club. Oh, I reckon they were in C, maybe D territory. Uh, I saw them against Fremantle get absolutely towed. I think mm. the turning point in many parts was there was a game against North Melbourne, the interchange blunder, they get away with the result, and it turned their season in. You think of that result, the one against Adelaide late in the season, they're playing finals. Yep. Um, well done to them, and they've got a dangerous side uh, given what they did in 2022. They've they've got some real weapons. They do, and uh, I think you look at them, and obviously Geelong didn't make the finals, but the other you know uh, premiership players from last year, the other premiership team has, and I think you look at that. I look at their season. The game against West Coast obviously bolstered their percentage, uh, but it gave a lot of belief to the group. And then from there, I think they sort of went on. They went on a bit of a run. They obviously had that North Melbourne game, and then the Adelaide game, which are two. Furfies that you can you, you give yourself eight points, but you know you sort of pat yourself on the back and say we got away with one. Um, but the, Errol, Errol Gordon, guys like that, uh, they've got Ollie Florence, a bloody good player. Nick Blakey's a star. Um, so the lizard, the lizard. So you've got enough talent there. There's not a lot's changed from their list last year to this year uh, in terms of their ability across the ground, and and they're just dangerous. And no one, I feel like they've gone undervalued and underappreciated this year because of the fact that they haven't necessarily been as good as they were last year, but they've got just as talented a list. So albeit they're not in the top four, I still think they still think they can be pretty dangerous and it'll be interesting to see how they go. But uh, yeah, you probably got to give them a B, don't you? They were CD territories, but now you're in the finals. You can't yeah, argue with it. Absolutely. I mean, Sydney, Geelong, grand finals last year. Sydney get in, Geelong miss out. Um, and where they've come from, the horse has done a great job. Western Bulldogs, the last club to discuss, they... We're in the finals after beating Geelong, uh, yep. but then they missed out after the Giants got home. Probably, it's a kick in the pants they probably need because they've got a list that deserves to be playing finals footy. Yeah. I mean, this is one, I, I think that the result on the weekend, if they had made the finals, I would have given them a B, but they didn't make the finals, so I'm going to skip C and give them a D. I think they've got too good a list to be not playing finals footy. Uh I think Bontempelli's almost the best player in the competition. Tim English is the best ruck in the competition and he's flying. Aaron Norton's a star. You've got, you look across the ground and you've got genuine firepower everywhere. Uh, and for that list to play the way it has played and not make finals is is probably an indictment on the talent that they've got, that they've got on that list. So while they haven't made finals, I'm giving him a D. Um, they weren't far off sort of putting it together, but that's where I say, I just think it's a such a, miss on expectations and such a miss on the talent and the opportunity that they've got. Uh, Principal Brayshaw with his uh, thoughts, his gradings on all 18 teams. Lots of C's there and a couple of Plenty E's. Plenty of C's, couple and, of E's. And very few F's. He doesn't like even F's as uh, the no. Sandover medal favourite. This is the Shelter Footycast. 
Right, we're going to rip through uh, our bottle mark Ruffy of the week, of yep. course. So we need no footy, so we're going to have to. Well, no AFL footy, no but, AFL uh, football. There's but, plenty. But of Hammer, sport. Hammer, you've just found one that I think might just uh, yep. whet the appetite of, uh, of footy fans in WA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, the AFLW season starts this week uh, with the AFL pre-finals bye, uh, and I am obviously obliged to tip West Coast every week, given I work there, but I work a lot more closely with our AFLW side, given that I'm their midfield coach, and uh, and so. That's my bottom up roughie of the week. We play Frio this week in the Derby. Uh, I'm not even sure what the odds are, but I'm imagining that we're probably a roughie and we're going to win the game. So that'll be uh, that'll be me tipping the West Coast Eagles as I do every other week. But uh, this week we'll, we'll this week we'll get it done. There's six dollars, six dollars oh, on Tab Touch. So uh, brilliant! Shut up and take my money. You must be absolutely no good if you get. That's sp- that's just not true. What's going on there? Uh, the bookies obviously don't come and watch. So we um <laughs> yeah they, they don't pay too much attention. How much is a slab of shelters these days? Yeah, no, I don't. I haven't paid. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to get them on the sly if I can. Yeah. As you know, a lot of a uh, lot of graft and corruption in the shelter <laughs> footy car section. I don't see too many. Uh, I don't see too many cans uh, left unopened. There, there's always uh, always uh, replenishments yeah. uh, in the scully fridge. Well, I'm going to go. Given that I know nothing about AFLW this time of year, I'm going to go to the NRL. How sure. This? Yeah, just it's something that will completely put me out of my lane. I'm going to tip um, North Queensland Cowboys to knock over Penrith. They're paying three dollars forty. Penrith, will they finish top? Won't they? I've talked about that. Uh, I've no idea whether that'll get up. But uh, Jaden put me down for North Queensland Cowboys, the away team to at three dollars forty. Wow, Penrith's That's, very good. Penrith are very good. A hat trick of premiership. So yeah, yeah, I Pen- know I'm, I'm singing into the breeze. Penrith are very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I think that's probably that's a roughy. Mine's mine's not really a roughy. Mine's signed, sealed, and delivered. But uh, the, <laughs> six dollars. Uh, well, the odds for AFLW, they don't. No one knows this time of the year. So give us two or three rounds, and things will settle. But we'll be two and two, two and zip by then. So yeah, well, you don't want to get wooden yeah. spoon in the AFL, the waffle, and the, the women's do you again? Well, no, well, that wouldn't happen. No, of course. Uh, let's right, jump into our listener questions. Uh, only a couple here. Uh, this is from Ninok. Do you think Hammer the reason for Geelong's significant drop is due to Joel Selwood's retirement? Uh, not 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 specifically that it's obviously played a part in it uh, the leadership that he brought around the club um, I feel like they've just been very very good for a long time they've got a lot of senior players that are probably uh, just a bit tired so that's, that would be my assessment yeah fair enough and David the docker if Nick Clark he can kick 70 for North with a poor list why was Frio's best goal number nowhere near that game plan and coaches must be a big reason so I think changes have to be made in the off season essentially Jai Amos has been a really a strong young forward, but uh, this bloke, David the Docker, our friend, wants more uh, scoring involvement from the Dockers, which has been a bit of an issue for a while. It has been. They haven't had a um, a key forward that's really dominated since Matthew Pavlich. So they're um, they. I agree. Nick Larkey is a phenomenal player, though. So don't discount uh, don't discount him. And I think you could probably ask more of Jaimus, ask more of the way that the Freo moved the ball to get him more looks. Um, but yeah, they uh, they just he's still young though is the only thing I'd say. Like he's got a couple of years on him, and uh, Amos will build into a, a really really good player. So, but I agree. I think their ball movement style needs to change, and some things need to change in the off season to to get them to a point where they're playing a bit more exciting football. Thank you to David the Docker and Ninok. We appreciate your correspondence. Uh, this is the Shelter Footycast. Right, let's wrap this thing up uh, on a Thursday. Of course, the bye weekend. Uh, anytime you want to get involved, socials at Shelter Footycast, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. YouTube back chat, Shelter Footycast, the playlist, the links in bio. Don't forget Dice, performing at Shelter, September 22, the long weekend. Hey, Hammer, you've got a big weekend with the Royals. Elimination finals Sunday at yep. Leader Oval. Waffle finals, both at Leader Oval. Go well. Thank you very much. See you next week. There it the is. Win. 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.